welcome to the Open Apple Podcast, where we celebrate the Apple too. Whether you're a long-time user, a nostalgic visitor, or a newcomer to the community, join us as we share news and memories of Steve Wozniak's most famous personal computer. Hello and welcome to Open Apple. This is episode 67 for January 2017. It's a brand new shiny year. It's not even dirty yet. Uh, As is uh, annual tradition here on Open Apple, we usually do a roundtable with some luminaries from the community, and uh, this year is no exception. We're doing it a month late this year, just uh, because we wanted to do some uh, other uh, interviews last month, but um, yeah, here we are now. So uh, we've got a a large roundtable for you this month, so it's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, we're going to do our sort of usual format. We're going to go around the table. We're going to ask everyone some questions, uh, how they're feeling and what they're doing, Apple II related. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have some fun. Uh, I am your co-host of the first, as always, Quinn Dunkey. With me, as always, is co-host of the second, Mike McGinnis. How are you doing, Mike? Uh, well, this year can't be any worse than last year, right? Am I right? Please, <laughs> please be right. Uh, yep, that's, that's a mic open if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I'm okay, Quinn. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. Uh, I got some uh, some retro computing stuff uh, in the pipeline for 2017, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive in uh, with our panel here. So uh, we've got a uh, we've got a six person table, as uh, the RCR would say. We have a hexagon uh, this time around, and uh, let's uh, let's start by going uh, around the table and uh, introducing ourselves. Uh, tell us your name, um, a little bit about yourself, and uh, maybe what your first uh, Apple II experience was. So uh, let's start with you, uh, Jeremy. Hi, everybody. Um, I've always lived in Australia, and I got into the local hospital here as I've just graduated as a nurse. So that's what my 2017 is mainly going to be about. But um, yeah, when I'm not doing healthcare stuff, I'm just downstairs in my townhouse. We've got a computer room set up and yeah, it's a lot of Apple II sort of disk imaging going on and more magazine scanning than I can handle. So what kind of magazines are you scanning? Um, I've just picked up some more Apple Apple News and Apple Talks, they're sort of self-published ones that they did for Australia, only about six or seven pages in length, so I'm just finishing up those, but that's just to add to the rest of the A-plus and insider sort of things that I had um, going on before, so the Google Drive thing is getting very full. <laughs> Excellent. Always nice, always like to hear about some scanning going on. Mm. Uh, Mike, you're a big scanner yourself, yeah? Yeah, I've been doing this for a while, so it's it's fun to see somebody else do a lot of this stuff because scanning, if nothing else, is monotonous. And it's it's thankless until someone needs that document <laughs> right, that you scanned. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm extremely thankful for all the people uh, scanning all these books that uh, that I always seem to need. Uh, all right, moving one uh, notch around the table. Uh, let's go to Yorma. Okay, my, my name is Yorma Honkanen. I'm coming from Finland, and uh, I'm a family man. I have a uh, eight year old daughter. And I'm an IT specialist in a very large Japanese IT company. And um, what about the, the Apple II? Believe it or not, but I first got my first Apple II about 2010. Because, because actually Apple IIs are, were not popular in Finland back in the 80s. Mm. I mean, they were expensive and not for the kids who wanted to play the games. So basically, you have to have Commodore 64 or, or such for gaming at the time. But later on, maybe I got more wise and uh, got in a real, real computers. So that's what the, for it's all, all about. 
Very cool. Well, and thank you for joining us so early in the morning. I understand it's about 7 a.m. in Finland right now. No, 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 no. 10, 10 p.m. Oh, you're 10 p.m. Okay. Is it Australian? Yeah. yeah. Right <laughs> okay, good. All right. Math is hard. Uh, all right. And uh, let's see. We'll go around to uh, Kate, who's been on the show uh, before. T- tell us again uh, a little bit about yourself, Kate. Yeah, hi. I'm Kate Scott-Nicky. I live in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, and I'm a home economics teacher, which sounds really weird on a podcast like this, but my hobby is uh, being a professional nerd. <laughs> um, so I have my apples and all my other nerd stuff. And I think my first apple experience was when I was in kindergarten, and that was when I was just kind of like, these are the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, last but not least, a man who probably needs no introduction in the Apple II community, but we'll introduce him anyway, Chris Torrance. Hey, how are you guys doing? So I'm Chris Torrance, and I'm a software engineer by day, but I also teach part-time at a middle school, and I do Apple II computing in the evenings. Uh, As far as my first experience, I got an Apple II Plus back in, I guess it was 1981, uh, my family actually won it in a contest and saved me from buying a trash 80 mm. instead. <laughs> and, and I've been using it on and off for years. Uh, lately, I've been doing a lot of kind of podcasting with hardware testing and also scanning a lot of Roger Wagner's old Apple materials and putting those up on the Internet Archive. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, you, uh, you run a YouTube channel, yes? Yes, I do. Yep. And I try and uh, have fun videos, although I think I'm not, I think my daughter described me as boring. (laughs) So I need to kind of, maybe I need to up my game a little bit and smile more or something. Well, I I politely disagree. (laughs) I think your videos are delightful. (laughs) Thanks. You You just posted one, didn't you? I did. In fact, I just posted one this morning about the, um, 8-bit dough gamepad for the Apple II, and uh, wasn't the most glowing review, but mm-hmm. uh, I tried to be honest. So yeah, I've heard some heard some mixed reviews from every uh, source about that thing. Unfortunately, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. So uh, the first question I'll uh, put to our esteemed panel is: uh, uh, What role do you think retro computers can play in teaching modern kids about computing? You know. Um, I like to talk about how, uh, you know, we all grew up in a world that started with no computers uh, and ended with the internet. And so for us, it was sort of this this transition. Whereas, you know, I think about like my uh, my nine year old nephew who has never known a world without iPads, which uh, seems very strange and foreign to me. So I wonder, you know, f- uh, what challenges kids today might have in really understanding this technology if they haven't sort of seen its origins and seen it progress. So, uh, yeah, do you think retro computers uh, can play a role in uh, teaching kids uh, about this stuff? So uh, I guess uh, let's let's start with Kate since it's sort of her uh, wheelhouse. Yeah, I feel like this question I feel like this question is directed at me just because <laughs> I just did this again in my classroom. Um, one of the classes I teach is uh, like an intro to education. And I take the t- I took the two GS and the two E in and set up some um, emulators because I've got nineteen kids in my class, and I had them on the machines playing like Operation Frog and Carmen San Diego, and they really seemed to enjoy it. They seemed to get a lot out of it. So I feel um, 
they the reflections I got back are, are along the lines of we could probably use this. It it actually will help you stay on task because there's nothing else you can do. And then the other thing that I found interesting was um, I the GS was still sitting in my classroom during um, another block when there was a teacher in there working with some AP computer science kids, and he actually got her on the GS writing line driven basic which and she was just I think she's very grateful now for what she has. <laughs> well, that's a good lesson if nothing else to appreciate the modern stuff. Yes, I, I, the know your roots thing has you'd be surprised how 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 much weight that can have with kids when they mm-hmm. realize that it wasn't always like this and everything wasn't super super intuitive like they had a real hard time with with the fact that the stuff they were doing you need to draw your own maps and you need to <laughs> you know read the, the read the included instructions mm-hmm. and it's not just like pick it up and play it was it was very eye-opening for them and for me yeah that's great yeah you really had to read the manuals in those days that's for sure yeah uh all right uh, let's work our way uh backwards uh Yorma, you said you have a daughter yes yeah 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 i've seen <clears throat> enjoys playing the, the very simple games I mean, the early, early, early 80s games are very simple, very easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. But uh, in school, uh, about uh, this kind of computers, I think the children would be surprised that actually one person can make one project or game. You don't need a, a team of, for graphics and all, all different parts. One person can do actually a game. It would be quite surprising compared to iPad games or whatever games you, you, are, you are playing these days. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a great lesson is, yeah, just how small these platforms really are. I think, uh, yeah, kids today may not realize that they're glorified uh, calculators uh, by modern standards. Um, All right, uh, Jeremy, how about you? Any thoughts on this one? Uh, Mine was a little different. It's just more about the role of um, troubleshooting in um, the older computers. Something didn't load correctly, you got stuck in there and uh, maybe learned a little bit of command line or... um, took appreciation for keeping your disks clean. Um, just, I think, that maintenance of a computer and um, realizing that it's just not as simple as as um, tapping away gives you an appreciation for results as well. When you figure it out, you're like, oh, that's great. I feel really good because I've got my game to load. So um, I just think, yeah, a bit more discipline and a bit more appreciation for hardware can be gleaned from, from using the older stuff. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think... Uh, uh, nowadays, it's amazing how much you can get done just by Googling whatever is broken. And you can fix stuff without ever really understanding what was wrong. And I think, yeah, in, yeah. in the 80s, you certainly couldn't. You had really had to, to learn about what was really uh, going on inside. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how about you? I, I think I, I would take the the curmudgeonly role here. and I would use this. Shocking. I, yeah, I, I don't have kids, but I would use this as a tool to show them how soft and, and weak and pathetic they are and, and say, this is how it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd make them walk no, walk uphill in the snow but, with it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Both ways, no <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I'm grinning at you so hard right now. <laughs> uh, yes, we all grin at Mike on the show. That's, that's his role. <laughs> uh, how about you, Chris? Yeah, well, I think I would follow on what Kate said. Um, I've actually been teaching Python programming at the middle school. And so, of course, I had to sneak in the, the Apple II 
Um, and what I found is like when I'm teaching Python, the kids, they get really distracted because they have this whole desktop with all these other apps. And so they end up, half of them are working on that and the other half are just playing JavaScript games in their browser. But when I brought in a couple Apple IIs, they were completely focused on that because like Kate said, there really is only one thing you can do and it's whatever you're currently doing. So I just found that they actually enjoyed that a lot more than just kind of, you know, doing some random programming. And I actually tried both uh, basic and I had them do a little bit of assembly too, which I have to admit was, you know, maybe a little over the top for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, I think they actually, they, they sort of got it. And it was just, just the fact that they had total control over the machine, I think was just kind of an eye opener for them. Like they just, you know, they could just do one thing. If they got stuck, they could just reboot the computer and then they actually enjoyed playing a lot of the retro games, too. And, uh, in fact, I had one student come up to me just the other day and ask if she could play more Oregon Trail this semester. <laughs> so, so I think it was a good experience. And, uh, you know, I think that they, uh, they really enjoyed it. Oh, good. Do, uh, when you're teaching programming on an Apple II to these kids, do you, do you find, do you see that moment, like, where, where the light bulb goes on, where they realize that they can get this computer to do things? I mean, I think for a lot of us, that was sort of the magic of computers early on was that, that re realization that you could make it do stuff. Uh, do you see that yeah, in them? I think exactly, because I think even when they're doing stuff on like a modern desktop, I think they just don't make the connection between the stuff they're typing and the program that they're running. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's just too much in between. Yeah. But, you know, when you're using, say, the Apple II, you type a command and you get instant feedback. And if you print on the screen, you know, and have it go in a loop, it's going to print it a thousand times or whatever. And and yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating that they just sort of, you know, there's just less barriers, I think, for them understanding what a computer program is and, and how the, the computer executes it. Yeah, I like the way you put that. Yeah, the cause and effect is very direct. Yeah, it's uh, as opposed to, yeah, you're writing Python in a browser-based, you know, or cloud-based application of some sort. Yeah, there's just so many layers between your code and what's really happening that it might as well be magic. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Wow. Those are great answers. I really appreciate everyone's thoughts on that one. Um, let's see. Moving right along. Let's go to... Uh, so, you know, we talk a lot about the past on this show. We're all about the nostalgia. As I have said before, uh, this show is 98% is nostalgia and 2% rationalization for nostalgia. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, let's, let's dive into that 2% a little bit. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking recently, if I were to reintroduce my Apple II into my actual modern life and try to use it for something useful, uh, what would that be and what might that look like? Because uh, I... You know, I think back to how productive I used to be with my Apple II. I mean, it was really, really useful back in school and university and so on. So, uh, can we can we still achieve that? Can a modern uh, can an Apple II be useful in a modern world? And if so, how? Um, let's uh, let's mix up the order a little bit. Let's start with uh, Jeremy. Well, I thought this was a bit more of a dream question, so I <laughs> on the the answer <laughs> that, okay that I jotted down. If I could, I'd actually like a dedicated sort of music server with a really funky um, a 2GS style um, interface where I could get on a CRT monitor a nice visualizer going. But, um, yeah, I just thought it would be nice because the 2GS is on my desk to be able to have something always playing music. So if I need to restart my Mac, I can go back to it and um, have something independent uh, running, but still that sort of unique twist that the retro interface would offer. Um, if I would use it in everyday life, well, just recently, you know, finishing these uni assignments, I would have loved to have um, completed, say, an essay on one, but 
the problem is I just can't get referencing the same way as I can on the Mac. So I did try um, and sort of realized the limitations of, of 80 columns and and how am I going to print this out and all that kind of stuff. And I went, oh, look, really, I'll just uh, I'll just go back to some disk imaging and, and playing some games. <laughs> yeah, I like that music uh, idea. That's actually really, really cool. I've uh, thought about doing that too, just set up the 2GS uh, in the living room or whatever. And yeah, if you're having a party or whatever, you can just have it running music. I think that'd be great fun. Yeah. Um, how, about, uh, how about you, Mike? I was afraid you were going to ask me next. Um, mm. Hmm. I don't know. Other than other than trolling on Twitter and, and harassing people and downloading illegal movies, I don't know that I need a computer that much. But uh, no, I, uh, um, I I think for some of the basic tasks, uh, word processing and even a form of rudimentary email uh, electronic communications, you can still kind of help your Apple II along limp along the the information superhighway in the in the uh, in, in the um, the emergency lane there for a little while. So <laughs> I think probably most of it I could do. Uh, it'd be difficult and I just get irritated and throw it out the window. Um, but I, I think for playing music other than as an interface, um, as Jeremy suggested, I, I, you know, obviously it's, I don't think the processor is fast enough to keep up with MP3 or anything like that. Um, yeah. I mean, for simple stuff, sure. I could, I could make that happen. Yeah. Well, you could throw the MP3 card in there, right? And then, then I would. It would also be a great um, discussion point when I hand somebody a letter that I've printed out on my RX80, and they go, "Why does this look like this?" And I can <laughs> explain what a dot matrix printer was. Yeah, why does this letter look like garbage? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I could uh, add a dot point there, I did all of my labels this year in the the 80 column Apple font that someone put up online. I forget it now, but um, yeah, all of my my labels for my folders. Books that were all in in the Apple two eighty column. Nice, excellent. I'd like I'd love to get a label maker that would do that font. Mm. That would be great fun. Mm. Label my whole whole house with it. Petition Dymo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Yorma? Uh, I've been thinking about this, but uh, I agree with the mic. There's quite limited what you can do. Yeah. But okay, you can print letters, but who who reads letters anymore? Who writes uh, sends letters around? So, but MP MP3 card would be actually quite nice. They, uh, who who used to make those? I don't remember anymore. There, there used to be some MP3 cards you could just yeah. add on, on, on cool. the computer. Uh, yeah, means yeah too. Yeah, it was, that's about. Uh, is that like right, Mike? Is it was it Vince yeah, Briel that makes Vince those? Vince made makes them. I don't know if they're still available, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to be able to buy them as a kit too. You could put it together yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. How about Chris? Yeah, that's a great question, Quinn. Um, I think, you know, I've been using my Apple II for kind of simple things where, you know, I use it for, say, my keyboard for my Mac, you know, using like Charles Mangan's retro connector or the Raspberry Pi. But that's not really using the Apple II itself. That's just sort of using the hardware. Um, you know, I would say definitely like entertainment is a big one. I still every now and then play you know, Apple II games, and so I think, you know, we shouldn't completely discount that um, just because, you know, there is something kind of fun about those games, and even my kids enjoy playing, you know, some of the, the simpler games. Um, I guess if I had to think of other things, I'd be like maybe home automation, if you could come up with something where, you know, I know people have done this, where you have something to control the lights in your house or something, and, you know, your garage door opener, and that's that's something where the Apple II could easily 
uh, make use of that. You know, again, the downside is you'd have to keep your machine on all the time and, you know, they're not the, the necessarily the smallest machine to, to have running something <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah, not, not a whole lot, but, uh, more just kind of for fun and just playing around. Yeah. The home automation idea is a good one. I was going to throw that out if nobody did that. Uh, I think, I think at Apple II would be a really fun interface for that. Uh, and you know, they don't draw a lot of power really. If you, uh, if you don't, don't use a CRT monitor, especially, uh, you could uh, probably leave it running, not to feel too guilty about it, about the, uh, carbon, uh, consumption. <laughs> uh, how about you, Kate? I, I actually do occasionally use mine to make stuff for school. I've been known to make a worksheet or a sign for my classroom on it just for the basically that exact reason, just so people look at it and go, this looks funny. <laughs> like, why, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Let me tell you why. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it reminds me um, the semester's changing, so I have to make a new schedule for myself for my door, and all the kids can look at it and be like, you're so weird. <laughs> yes. I use basically I use my apples to advertise my weirdness. <laughs> but for I mean, would I like to have it sitting on my desk at school sometimes? Because I get ex- distracted, and it'd be nice to like do an entire worksheet without checking my Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, it's only going to do so much, and you know, it's just you know, the sixty five O two or the sixty five CO two can only handle. You know, I I tried to put you know I. I have the Ethernet card and I was showing it to a friend of mine and they're like, you're kidding, you put that thing on the internet. And I'm like, yeah, here I show, I booted up Contiki and it just takes forever. And it's not the connection speed, it's the 6502. So it's, would I like to? Yes. But have I accepted the reality? (laughs) Also, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, like Mike said, uh, we can still, for for the moment, we can still limp along in the in the breakdown lane with uh, being towed along by uh, by a Raspberry Pi. But uh, yeah, the, I think uh, I think SSL has been the death knell of retro computers in the internet. Uh, that's sort of the, the line in the sand where you just uh, you just can't do that anymore. But um, yeah, I guess if people are looking for ideas, uh, I would look to what people currently do with like Arduinos and other like hobby microcontroller boards uh, things. Things of that nature, because an Arduino, I think, is very comparable to an Apple II uh, in terms of horsepower. And uh, yeah, people are doing things like home automation and uh, you know burglar alarm projects and that sort of thing. So I think uh, all that same stuff could be done, uh, frankly, more fun with an Apple II because you could have low-res graphics in your home automation interface. <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> I guess you have a lot of time on your hands. So, uh, so we'll switch from uh, from the present back to the past, uh, our favorite uh, time in this show. Uh, so the next question is, what Apple II related item did you always want back in the uh, back in the day that uh, that you couldn't get? You know, I think a lot of us uh, got back into this hobby partly because of that. You know, to get that uh, uh, you know applied engineering uh, card that you never could get or whatever that uh, some of which are now very cheap. Um, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go backwards. We'll start with Chris. <laughs> All right. Well, my answer is pretty simple, but. I would have loved to have had a second disk drive for my Apple II Plus, <laughs> and just the mere fact of you know being able to to switch uh, to not switch disks when you're doing a copy. Um, you know, I only had one disk drive growing up, and so anytime you're using Copy Two Plus or anything like that, it was just a real pain to do all the disk swapping. And so that was pretty much the first thing that I bought. You know, maybe I don't know what ten years ago or something like that, when you could finally get them dirt cheap. Um, so I know that's not 
super exciting, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I wanted. No, that's that's fair. That second disk drive is a big deal. Uh, I remember a moment uh, when we went to the computer store. Uh, I went with my dad, and I had saved up all of my allowance uh, and uh, recycled bottle money, and I had just enough money to buy a second disk drive, and I was very excited, and the salesman talked me into buying a 1,200-baud modem instead. Oh, no. uh, he said I would get I would get more enjoyment out of that money, and you know he may have been right, uh, but uh, I did also always sort of regret not getting that second drive because it's a lot of disc swapping. Yeah, that sounds uh, like a free game. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. How about uh, how about you, Kate? Oh, uh, so mine was my mine was basically pub- publicly documented this year. Thank you, Cult of Mac. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, my 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 wish my 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 wish fulfillment was was photographed and and published on the greater internet. I always wanted an Apple two GS. Um, we my dad got us the two C, and the two GS was in my school. And I was like, I want one of these. And my dad's like, Yeah, ah, uh, no, <laughs> we, we spent the money already. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, that was it's like, what do you what do what do you want? I want an Apple two GS. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Because that's what I want. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I just want one. <laughs> yeah, to this day, the GS has a certain allure. There's something about it. Uh, all right, how about, uh, how about Yorma? <laughs> uh, I didn't use Apple II in, a, in the 80s, but I'm sure I would like to have the transwarp for mm. E or GS. For, let's face it, it, Apple II is not a fast machine. So <laughs> one of the first things you want more speed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've talked a lot about that on the show. The, the 2GS is one of those computers that uniquely benefits, I think, from acceleration. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the 8-bit stuff, the acceleration is kind of pointless because the software just doesn't run right anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the 2GS, just this, the whole machine just gets better. And uh, it's, it's a remarkable addition, which is, I suppose, why they are still incredibly expensive. Ironically, I think they may have gotten more expensive than they were in the 80s. They are quite hard to come by. Uh, how about uh, Jeremy? Um, mine software. I I was using the Apple IIe um, sort of education kind of bundled duo drive and composite monitor back in primary school. So for me, the hardware was there, and we actually had a full system like that at home. And I I just always lusted after the learning company and broadband kind of ads that that I honestly don't know how we got these catalogs, but somehow we'd get software catalogs and hardware stuff and. The Macintosh was out at that time too, so you'd have to flip through these pages and see all this Apple II software, and then there'd be, you know, the the Macintosh version too, and be like, oh, look, 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 it's so different. Um, just the the promise of well, what you could learn, um, and the fact that it could be done on a computer sort of made me uh, be convinced that I needed to get all of the software in the world. So uh, I just would would have loved to have a bigger catalog of of. Um, of games that were, you know, still in the box and still in their disc sleeves and still had the catalogs with them. It's all very sort of fond stuff when you're very young with an imagination. I think you just sort of go, wow, look what I can do with this. <laughs> yeah, so have you gone back and purchased a lot of a lot of that software since? Um, I did track down a box of sort of 2E and 2GS era software and that's come in pretty handy lately. But um, as far as finding the stuff that we had uh, in school, it was there was a lot of Australian um, educational stuff, which has been a big focus of what I've tried to bring back. But no, I haven't been able to really purchase anything. It's just been um, copy discs that I've picked up from teachers, um, you know, over the last couple of years. But nothing like it used to be. I, th- I think a lot of that stuff is gone, sadly. But um, disc images are the, are the best way to fill that void. 
Yeah, that educational stuff is tough. Uh, I know what you mean. I have there's a number of games I remember playing in ele- elementary school that I can't remember the names of, and I have sort of vague recollections of screens from those games. But yeah, I'm, I would have no way of finding them now. It's uh, kind of sad. Just a point on the um, the upgrades that someone mentioned that the Transwarp. I've got in one of these in 1989 um, Apple uh, Insider magazine, and they've got an article, the Dream Machine. And I just wrote down they've got GS RAM Plus from Applied Engineering 3,139. So that's about six grand in today's money. So it's it's okay you went without a disk drive, Chris. It was probably six grand too. You know, they're all, all so expensive. <laughs> Everything just is mind-blowingly expensive. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I think our first Apple II Plus, the whole package monitor and some accessories and everything, was thirty five hundred dollars Canadian. Which, uh, yeah, I think I did the math once, and that's something like seven or eight thousand dollars now. Which, yeah, I think people don't realize how expensive <laughs> these things were. And of course, earning power was lower at the time too. So yeah, that's it's mm. pretty astonishing. Uh, let's see. All right, so I think I went all the way around on that one. Um, Let's see. Yeah, as, I guess I, as for myself, uh, for me it was it was an Apple IIc. That was the thing that I always wanted, and uh, we had a we had a Laser One Twenty Eighty X, which was a great machine. But you know, uh, it, much like the GS, the IIc just has that allure, and the Laser, even though it's technically actually a better machine, it just doesn't have that something. It's you know, it's the Android to your iPhone. It just <laughs> it, 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 it might actually be better on paper, but it just it just doesn't have that that special something. So uh, so I got my IIc finally in a very very happy about it. Uh, all right, so uh, let's talk about Kansas Fest. It would not be an open apple if we didn't throw that <laughs> word out at least a dozen times. It's uh, two things we have to mention in every episode, uh, Kansas Fest and Kevin Sabbats. And now that we've got those out of the way, uh, we can uh, get back to some apple too. So um, this question is sort of a conditional because I know not everybody here has been to Kansas Fest, but if you have been to K-Fest, uh, how would you convince someone to join us? Uh, let's start. Uh, let's start with Kate because this was your first year. Yeah, and I'm already actually I've already started trying to subvert several of my friends to come and I'm basically it's I tell them it's sleepaway camp for nerds. <laughs> you get to immerse yourself in this culture for 5 days and you just meet the coolest people and you have the neatest conversations and I show them some of the um videos of the presentations that were given and it's just like come it's so much fun it's so worth it it's the best vacation you'll ever have and i think i have at least one of them mostly convinced excellent all right that sounds like a good approach uh let's see how about you chris you've been to uh, one or two how many two yeah two this is my second year um i would just say the the sense of community that's that's what really struck me you know i've been to a lot of other conferences for work or school or whatever and you know they're always mildly fun and you know but this was the first conference that I kind of completely chose to go to just on my own purely for fun and just what I found was that just everybody was so nice and you know everyone I think is just accepted with you know all of our quirks that we have Um, and you just kind of find fun things to do and it didn't really matter whether you had something to contribute or whether you were just there just to, to watch and so that was that was the thing that struck me and you know kept me uh, coming back like this year and probably uh, again, you know, this next year. So just the, just the sense of community. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I like that point that you had in there that uh, the level of participation at K-Fest is entirely up up to you, I think. You know, some people come and they spend the whole time, you know, sitting in the corner programming because they just want to have a week where they can do that. And some people want to go to every talk and go to every dinner and, and you can kind of pick and choose. Uh, you kind of make it what you want it to be, I think. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, let's see, Mike, you know, I'm going to get to you eventually. Of course, of course. Um, I think I would say um, if you've ever dreamed of going without sleep for a week, being locked in a dorm and talking <laughs> about the most minute esoteric arcana of a 40-year-old computer that Apple hasn't made since 1993, have I got a deal for you? So uh, so what is it about uh, – so are you coming back this year, Mike? I really I hope so, a couple yeah. of years. Um, okay. schedule, allow, uh, schedule permitting, yeah, I should be there. Cool. So, uh, so let me uh, put you on the spot and say, what uh, what would it be that uh, that brought you back? Um, well, every time I go, I see something uh, new, and I, I learn uh, new stuff about these computers. And most of all, I get to meet new uh, well, not new, but meet Apple II fans that I have either only had connection with, uh, you know, through text on the screen, or are new to the hobby, and that's always exciting for me. Yeah, and more and more, I think Kansas Fest is becoming a sort of a retro computing uh, community thing, and uh, so we get a lot of. Lately, we've had a lot of Atari and Commodore and other people, and uh, a lot of yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but and a lot of podcasters. So it's always fun to meet uh, the people whose uh, voices have been yeah. in your head uh, mm -hmm. all year. <laughs> so now, Jeremy and Yorma, have either of you been to KFest? Uh, not yet. We've got a pretty, um, pretty damn good equivalent. Thanks. It's called Wozfest, which Sorry. is put together yeah. <laughs> by the by the very, very diligent um, and very patient Sean. Um, I just, yeah. I, I can only sort of relate to what I've seen there. But yes, it was just uh, a, a three and a half hour car trip full of Apple II stuff, and to the unknown, I hadn't met these guys yet uh, of the Apple sort of Sydney users group. Um, most are in Sydney, but some people have come in to stay on occasion. And to walk into a room with a huge table open up where there's a screwdriver uh, in each corner of the table, somebody, you know, John's got a 32 voice MIDI setup going with the new MIDI card. Um, you know, Michael's brought um, a special Apple II clone. Then I turn around and there's a, a, a Tiger learning computer, you know, that based on the Apple II mm. there. And then mm. on this corner, there's a prototype um, um, Nilla Gear, so uh, Apple II clock going. It's just very stimulating to see other people's collections um, with an effortless kind of interaction between everybody and a trust that, oh, yeah, I can look at that. You can, you know, open this up and, and you can get something fixed too. So I think is that one of the, the aspects of KFest is that you can sort of bring along your disk drive that's a bit stuck or your keyboard that doesn't work and you, you can get some help? Absolutely. Mm, for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I got so much help this year. <laughs> fabulous. And that's what struck me. Um, I'll, I'll wrap it up there. It's just, you know, so amazing to get that support. So I think our next one's coming up in April, and I, I hope I can get leave for that because, uh, yeah, I've got a few more little uh, tidbits on my 2GS I want fixed up. So Excellent. Yeah, the the amount of expertise that uh, is at these shows is astonishing. That how much other people know about this about this equipment and uh, how much can really be fixed that you wouldn't think can be. And yeah, that's it's terrific. Um, all right, so the next uh, question is sort of related. Um, so it may, I guess it only applies to Jeremy and uh, Yorma since uh, uh, the rest of us have been. Uh, what would what would convince you to come on out to K Fest in twenty seventeen? Uh, let's start with Yorma. <sighs> 
Ah, there's no need to convince, but let's say <laughs> some of 5,000 miles, miles between Kansas and Helsinki is a little bit a trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you have a family, there's a vacation time and, and mm-hmm. all kind of these things. So those has to be solved first. So it hasn't yet happened, but it will someday. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Family comes first for sure. Yeah, uh, how sadly. about you, Jeremy? Would you make all the, the, the trip from Oz like you're... Uh, your uh, countryman uh, Michael Mulhern has done? Um, I've been saving the world one Macintosh and one Apple II at a time. So if you were to see <laughs> my collection, you'd have to sort of realize I need to behave myself. And looking at that giveaway table and the photos <laughs> that were put up on Facebook, I was just sitting going, <gasps> so you'd have to convince me that the excess baggage costs were free. Uh, <laughs> uh, other than, yeah, the boring practicalities of leave applications and getting time off. But, I mean, really, I just think I'd have too much fun. So, I, you know, keep it local and, and keep it sensible, Jeremy. There's only so much space. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. You might have to start your own garage giveaway at, uh, at WASFest. <laughs> oh, garage giveaway. Don't get me started. That'd be really great. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. So let's uh, let's look to uh, look to 2017, uh, not just uh, KPEST and other conferences. But uh, uh, what are you what are you looking forward to this year in the Apple II world? You know, there's always stuff going on. There's new software. There's new hardware. There's new conferences and things going on. People are scanning and making YouTube and podcasts. Uh, so uh, yeah, what are you what are you looking forward to? Uh, even if it's just uh, your own projects, uh, Mike. How about you? Uh, well, I've got some. Uh, I've always got enough Apple twos around here that are not quite working. Um, so I, you know, time would be great so that I could work on those <laughs> fixed and the problems that I can't fix. Obviously those are the ones that'll come to Kansas fest with me. Um, I look forward to n- seeing new hardware being cloned. Um, you know, every, every time we think that, that, uh, we've seen the, the end of possibilities for, for, uh, Apple II hardware, somebody will clone a, a card that we didn't think we needed, and then I have to rush right out and buy one. Um, you know, uh, I I keep missing Nishida Radio's um, uh, auctions that he has on eBay. You know, he'll <laughs> announce on Facebook, it'll be up at midnight, and by two minutes after midnight, they're all sold. You know, um, so I'm looking forward to a chance to a chance to getting some of that and uh yeah again meeting meeting new uh, people that I haven't interacted with yet who are into the same hobby as me. Yeah, if there's one thing about this retro hardware, some of it is, or this modern hardware, I should say, some of it is really hard to get. Uh, the CFFA 3000 and all the Nishida radio stuff, the, yeah, the window is small. That's what's great about uh, A2 Heaven. You know, he's just producing that stuff and you can just go onto his site and buy it. And I think that's that's really, really, really uh, special. Well, I think Nishida radio was doing that for a while. And then, uh, but unfortunately, I, I oh, it'll be there forever. I'll get it when I need it. And uh, nope, mm-hmm. too late. So. <laughs> Yeah, I made that mistake on a number of Nishida radio <laughs> devices. Yeah, I thought, oh, I'll get that later. And then, yeah, it's gone. Gone forever. All right, uh, Chris. Yeah, well, I think we probably have enough um, SD cards to work <laughs> yeah. <with> them. <laughs> yeah. Apple II. So, you know, I mean, I guess the more the merrier. And like Mike said, they're always kind of going out of production. So, But uh, what I'd really like to see is more software, actually. Uh, you know, I, I think like what Daniel Liverani did with his genius game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Michael Packard, who has his own Facebook page now and game programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but also other stuff like, uh, you know, more software for, say, the Ethernet card. You know, I think, I think what, you know, we've got a lot of hardware solutions. And even if you can't find something 
right off the bat. You know, you can find it on eBay. And I think what we need now are just kind of more, you know, software products that go with the hardware. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of what I would like to see. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. I think the the hardware it does get a lot more love. And yeah, I think safe to say 2015 was the year of the uh, flash storage, and uh, we we got that covered. Uh, but uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've got a lot of great hardware from all these sources. Uh, like my Ethernet is a good example. I would love to be able to do something useful with that uh, with that card. It's such a great card, but uh, not a lot's going on there. You know, we should also, you know, we should call out uh, Dig and Brock and uh, the whole uh, lot of Lawless Legends crew, um, uh, Jeremy Rand. You know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of great, uh, great software, and uh, yeah, we need we need more of them for sure. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's bounce back up to Jeremy. Uh, in 2017, I'm looking forward to just going through, you know, the vast amount of content that I've amassed for myself and actually using it, like reading <laughs> and, and going through more disk images. Um, I've, you know, been very grateful to find out that you can drag and drop a PDF onto the iTunes and onto the iPad through iTunes pretty easily. So, I've got a lot of bedtime reading to look forward to. <laughs> um, Hardware-wise, uh, and the Apple II itself, I'm I'm pretty satisfied. I'm pretty lucky that you know Passport, the disc cracking is still coming out with new versions, and I'm fed up is still being updated and getting easier to use. Um, I was I just wrote down as well more automation with um, the cracking of disc images that would sort of just bring a few more things out of the woodworks that aren't quite usable. Um, you know, you can only boot the EDD image or something like that. It's not very accessible. So I, I'm just wondering if there's other solutions out there to get things, um, yeah, more accessible to, to the rest of the Apple II community. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's a big gap in our... Tech stack on the Apple II right now. It's an emulator that can use uh, EDD images. That would be a real win, I think, for for preservation emulation. Well, just so I could test things, that um, the Open emulator only works with uh, Apple II 64K. A lot of the disk images I've got needed 2E, mm-hmm. so I don't even know. Uh, well, other than testing as much as I can before I, I actually hit the, the EDD button, that that disk image is is bootable in in an emulator. So. Yeah, we've got a little bit of ways to go there, but um, I think anything we get is basically sent from an angel because it's it's quite a dedicated thing to be programming uh, for the Apple II community. It's very very special uh, work that those guys do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I would uh, I would say if anyone's thinking about getting started with the software side of things, you know, it is so much easier now than it used to be. Mm. Uh, the cross platform tools, you know, you can cross develop from you know Xcode on your Mac to your Apple II at you know 10x the velocity. Uh, especially with you know emulators like Virtual Two that have full you know debuggers and memory you know, examination and de- you know breakpoints and all of that. Uh, it's just yeah, this, it's so much more efficient to write software now than it used to be. Uh, you know, you can crank out a game and you know in a week that would have taken you a year uh, in 1985. Um, all right, so let's move down to uh, Yorma. Yeah, I agree with uh, Jeremy about the EDD files. It's a big problem. You have the files, but you have no idea if they work. But the, and the open emulator emulator is not being uh, supported or developed anymore. So so often as it used to be. So I'd like like to see it on, on working on other other versions of the emulators as well, and uh, I think I would like to see cheaper transwarp cards. I think there's mm. some coming, uh, maybe from uh, it to heaven or, or so. But uh, that's that's something to to, to be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kate, how about you? 
Oh, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm such a rank noob compared. Yeah, he's t- compared to everybody else on this podcast. It's like I just like to learn how to remember how to program some of the things that I used to know when I was a tiny gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I do kind of want to get into more on the programming side. Um, I told a couple people that I wanted to learn assembly. Um, a couple people are are computer science teacher my best friend she's a math teacher but she's also uh, she's cs major and i'm like yeah i'm going to learn apple II assembly and they just looked at me like are you are you high are you stupid do you have a death wish it's like no 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 i really want to learn this because i want to see if i can and i think that's really what's driving you know i i have these machines and now i want to see what i can do with them and i think that's what i'm looking forward to Aside from all the other cool things that I, you know, you guys have all mentioned, you know, my own personal ver- uh, voyage of can I make this do what I want it to do? Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Uh, that would be part of my answer as well. That uh, I'm looking forward to just yeah continuing to learn a lot of the programming that I wasn't able to do back then because I didn't have the books or you know didn't couldn't figure it out or whatever. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of that myself and. You know, I've been going through uh, uh, Chris Torrance's, you know, re-release of, of Roger Wagner's book, and uh, that's a great place to start. Like, he really... Yeah, I do have that book. I just need to... Time. Yeah. Time is a thing. <laughs> yes, time. Time is the kicker, isn't it? Uh, uh, all right, well, speak of the devil. Uh, how about you, Chris? What are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I guess other than um, just more software, I think more time would be useful. <laughs> <laughs> I think... You know, speaking of the assembly lines book, it's, it's kind of funny because back in the day, I really just dabbled in assembly. And, you know, it wasn't really until I actually started editing the book that I really kind of dove in deep. And I would I would love to be one of the people who was actually writing new games for the, the Apple II. Um, and it's just, you know, a matter of finding the time to do that. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of fun to, to see what other people, you know, like John Brooks has been doing with ProDOS and... Uh, you know, that's all, that's all kind of hardcore assembly code. And, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's what I'd like to do is just kind of, you know, have more time to, to play around with assembly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll throw my own two cents in there, I guess. Um, uh, I like what a lot of you said, uh, looking forward to yeah time to work on stuff. Uh, that's part of what I love about Kansas Fest is, uh, that it's, it is just a week where I get to just sit down and, and work on Apple II stuff and don't have any other obligations. Uh, and that's really nice. Um, and in terms of products, uh, I'm really hoping 2017 is a year that the uh, Idea 2C comes out from uh, Reactive Micro slash Ultimate Apple II. You know, they've been uh, sort of teasing that product for a long time. Uh, it's, you know, theoretically kind of everything that the Apple 2C is missing, uh, flash storage and, and uh, RAM and clock and all the rest of it all in one little package. So, uh, yeah, I hope this is the year for the Idea 2C clone. We've seen prototypes of it and we know it exists, but... Uh, just got to talk those guys into building it. Uh, all right. So that's uh, about the last of the uh, main questions I had. Uh, let's go around one more time. If there's anything you want to promote, uh, any projects you're working on, any uh, links you want in the show notes, uh, let us know and, and we'll we'll accommodate. Uh, let's start with you, Jeremy. I've um, just been constantly refining the file names and, and the content that I've got going on a, on a publicly shared uh, Google Drive sort of folder with, with magazines and disk images. So it only brings me joy knowing that people are seeing unpreserved stuff or seeing a different take on, on um, software and magazines. So just, yeah, use the link. Um, I'll be sure to send that through. Um, that's all I have really to promote, yeah. 
Okay, great. Yeah, we'll have that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've been to your Google Drive, and it's it's a great read for sure. It's a time sink. <laughs> you lose yourself in there. <laughs> uh, how about you, Yorma? Um, I, I can mention my blog, which I started a while ago, the, the Finapple. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for collecting the the small amount of Apple II history and Apple III actually also Ooh. in Finland. Uh, if I can find it, I will put it there. So that's 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 the point for the whole web page. I might put some of my projects there as well, but so far it's pretty much a historical collections of Apple II and Finland. Cool. Okay. You know that that uh, reminds me of a question. Um, you mentioned that Apple IIs were never very popular in, in Finland uh, at the time. Are they are they hard to find now? Like, is it really tough for collectors there? Oh yeah. If you want one, you cannot buy one. <laughs> you have to buy it from the eBay or, or or somewhere else, but you cannot find them. They are they are non-existent. Wow. Okay. So do you do you ship them from other parts of Europe mainly, or uh, usually usually yeah yeah or just or I use my my uh, I have put some ad- advertisements to the web pages so I'm, that I'm looking for to preserve software or machines. So somebody mm-hmm. even actually donates them to me. Okay. Usually they are old old people who have uh, have used them in the eighties also. Well, if there's anything specific that you wanted, you should uh, come to K-Fest, and I bet uh, bet someone could supply it, and you could squirrel it home in your luggage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> uh, how about you, Kate? Um, well, it's one of the things I'd like to do. I'm getting into streaming on uh, Twitch TV, hmm. which is a it's a gamer streaming platform. Hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody, everybody's familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been streaming mostly from my PlayStation because it's it's native, but um, time and money willing because a, a good capture box is not a cheap proposition. But I'd really, really like to get into streaming Apple and retro stuff on my Twitch channel, which I will put a link to. And I'll send you it's uh, Twitch TV slash Lady Sephiroth, and I can send you guys a link. But right now it's mostly... Um, playstation 4 stuff but i really want to get into retro streaming nice. cool yeah that'd be fun I'd, I'd watch that for sure yeah uh and uh, how about you mr torrance yeah well uh i guess i got a couple things the for the first one which is my assembly lines uh video podcast i actually have to thank yorma for uh kind of kicking me in the butt and getting me to to get <laughs> going on those again because uh i had about a two-month hiatus and he was finally like hey where are the videos (laughs) (laughs) so i kind of got me motivated again and so i started cranking those out so yeah check out my uh, my youtube channel and hopefully i'll keep those going through the year um and i guess the other thing would be uh i've been doing a lot of work with roger wagner lately on his hyperduino um which isn't exactly apple II related other than you know it is roger wagner and uh, it's also education related, which, you know, it's kind of always been his, his main focus. And um, so it's kind of a cool project where, you know, primarily aimed at uh, maybe students, high school, middle, where they can, you know, take a Arduino, put his, his shield. It's a, it's a shield that goes on top of the Arduino microcontroller, and it lets you create cool uh, interactive uh, videos. And you can create, say, a, a poster board for your science fair and then have little sensors that you touch it and then it fires up a YouTube video related to your poster. Um, so that's been kind of a fun project that I've been doing with him. And um, yeah, maybe we can put the link to it in the show notes. Cool. Yeah, definitely. We'll do that. 
Yeah, and I, uh, I'll also echo how much I appreciate uh, your YouTube channel. And uh, between you and, and Charles Mangan, I think you're sort of the sum total of uh, really serious Apple II content on YouTube. There is, there is not a lot oh, of Oh, wait, don't, don't forget Joe. What about Joe Strohsnyder? Ah, yes, thank you. Yes, uh, for sure. And, you know, there are some others like Lee Alexander's doing some lo-fi Let's Plays of Apple II stuff. So, you know, there's definitely scattered Apple II content out there as well. But, uh, yeah, always nice to see more of it for sure. Uh, all right, how about you, Mike? Um, well, it seems sort of shameless and exploitative to promote my own stuff on my podcast, so I'm going to do exactly that. Um, I, actually, it's just really uh, the scans that I do at uh, apple2scans.net. I'm looking forward to getting more and more content up there because that means less and less physical stuff in my loft that's taking up more space and, and um, irritating my wife. But, um, you know, I, I'd actually like to, I, I enjoy watching, I enjoy seeing what other people are doing with the Apple II, like the, you know, the, the Finn Apple blog, Yorma, that, that's amazing. It's great. And it, it reminds me of, you know, thinking back how Apple was, how strange it was in Europe where like now we have um, France is, you know, seems to be a hotbed of Apple II GS activity and then really nothing else anywhere. Um, so that's fun to, to explore the rest of the world that way. And, and Chris, I'm enjoying your videos and I love seeing what, what, uh, Jason is doing over at Archive. There's just so much going on. It, it feels like I, I, it feel, I sort of feel guilty doing my own stuff just because I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on everything that everybody else is doing. What about you, Quinn? Uh, well, so, uh, well, and I should say, I, you don't even have to promote drop three inches to get your Apple <laughs> three mention in because your, Yorma dropped it earlier. So, <laughs> How about that? Uh, so as long as someone has said Apple three mm. on every show, then I think Mike's happy. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, these days, uh, I guess my blog, uh, Blondie Hacks, which uh, I'll take any excuse to link to that, um, is sort of my source of my retro stuff. And I've got some some Apple IIc projects on there, and I'll be continuing to add to that. Uh, I've got a bunch more uh, uh, Apple II projects in the pipeline, so those will be going up there along with all my other uh, crazy projects, some of which may or may not involve uh, armor plating a cat feeder. But uh, <laughs> I think, uh... That was awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed that so so much you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, the the internet lo does love cats. Uh, that was one of my more popular uh, recent posts. Uh, all right. Uh, well, so that's uh, that's my list of questions. Uh, Mike, do you have anything you want to throw to the panel? No, I don't think so. That was uh, well done. We we, we kind of brainstormed a little bit and thought that um, you know the questions that we did in, in the past where you know X happened in in August. Tell us about it to me. Um, Maybe we needed to refresh that a little bit, and I think we did a good job. And uh, a lot of that had to do with everybody who was on today and, and uh, came and talked to us. It was a lot of fun, and we really appreciate having you. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for asking. It was, it was an honor to be here. Yep, I agree. Great. Indeed, very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's good or bad. <laughs> Well, it's a great way to start the day anyway, looking at, um, looking at my notes and, and getting prepared for, for this. Uh, thank you guys for the invitation and all the participants hearing your answers. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, and I will say, uh, again, jinxing it, I can't believe we have a Skype call with six people in six time zones, and it seems to have gone off flawlessly. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll sacrifice a goat to the gods of Skype for this one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you all once again, everybody. And uh, I hope everyone has a, a good 2017. And we will be back in February with another regular episode of Open Apple. Uh, and until uh, next time, uh, get, uh, get going on some Apple II stuff. Bye, everybody. <laughs>
been the Open Apple Podcast. Subscribe to us in iTunes or visit us at open-apple.net where you can browse our extensive catalogue of past episodes or read our blog. If you like what you've heard today, or even if you didn't, your comments, questions or ideas are always welcome. Send them to feedback at open-apple.net. You can always count on Mike to come up with the most cynical angle on something.